Hello, and welcome to the Onlineification Pod, a podcast produced by Zuma. Today's episode is all about business experimentation and how your company can start to build and foster a culture of experimentation that can hopefully lead to some exciting new opportunities. Speaking in today's episode, we have Anders, Stevan, and Alexander, and it's starting right now. Enjoy! Welcome to the show, Anderson Stellan. Thank you. Thank you, Alexander. Always a pleasure. That's good. And how are you, Stellan? I am very well, thank you. And I'm looking forward to this episode and what you have installed for us. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about the importance of experimentation in business. And uh, first of all, I would like to ask you, Stellan, how do Zuma approach the business experiment approach? What do we do? Yeah, so a while ago we decided that uh, we have to, you can say in a way lead by example, but it basically means establishing what we uh, consider best practice uh, in all areas where we advise customers. So based on our broad experience uh, working across industries, across uh, company sizes, uh, and so on we're we're building upon that and use utilizing it um, and using suma as an sort of a, a playground uh, in order to establish best practice so uh, that that's what we sort of call business experiments yeah i don't know if you want to add something to that anders no but i uh, <laughs> that's a yes then <laughs> i um i we, we we realized after a while that that when when we decide things we need to prioritize them and to prioritize them we need to be more effective and more creative than we used to be and there there was a, an important distinction where we needed to say sometimes this is an experiment to get to know if it's a best practice so if we would have been a global b2b company we could have done an experiment in poland or we could have done an experiment on the uk market or something else to know if we should roll it out as a best practice on comparable markets and that we do in a small scale with a lot of things i'll give you an example alexander Um, in a meeting a while ago someone said "Should, should we do a promo video of this and we did the promo video immediately and then we used it for launch and then someone sent an email saying yeah it works fine on mobile but not on the browsers and then we took it away on browsers and then someone said i still think it looks a bit skanky on mobile let's take it away the 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 dri for this the directly responsible individuals oh shit i failed no 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 i i was not clear on that this was an experiment ah perfect perfect i should have known or good that you tell me now we know how to do this quickly and to have high quality on it and where not to put it when we do it in that speed this was a recorded zoom thing with a lot of people involved and now we know 
but but important when you do business experiments or experiments that everyone is aware that it's an experiment so that you dare to do it. I know that Stellan worked in a company. In that company, they had an expression similar to test or die, which is a bit malish to formulate it like that, but very interesting. And, and we actually try to apply it on ourselves now. Yeah. And so Stellan, you mentioned that we do it uh, in order to, to find best practice so we can guide our customers in it. But uh, your previous uh, company where you worked with, that was a, um, a company that, that sold products instead of services. So how do you, like, what are the benefits for a product business uh, if the motivation is not to test things that apply to customers? I think as the world is progressively, let's say, moving ahead more and more rapidly, uh, testing is going to be an essential part of operating a, a business. Um, I I don't know if we would have had Martin in the meeting right now, he would have said the exact statistic, but I think it's roughly half of the Fortune 500 companies that were on that list 10 years ago is still on the list. Uh, it might be less even. Um, and, and that's, I think, is a, a sort of a testimony uh, that you really need to test and experiment continuously in order to be successful uh, going forward. Um, and um, I know uh, uh, Jeff Bezos used to say that uh, if you have to bet your company, you're too late. And so essentially what he meant by that is that Amazon is currently or constantly running many, many, many small experiments, which of them many, many fail, but they don't cost a lot because they're small. So, but if you wait too long, you have to make a few big bets. And then the risk is that you end up on the wrong side of that bet and uh, you have no company. So I think all of that sort of goes in the direction of how important it is. Yeah. And, and one thing um, our listeners can never bet on is how long they could bet on. How long does it take before Anders Ostalan starts talking about Amazon and Jeff Bezos? And we, we had a couple of questions from our listeners. And um, I, I can say it officially now. No, they are not the sponsors of this pop it's just that we like them that's good to clarify very very important to <laughs> clarify so uh, well you talk with a lot of uh, different companies and um, are everyone working to to create a test and learn culture so to call or um, or how, how is uh, how is companies approaching this sanders i mean we we mainly work with the type of companies where um, this most likely is either a good way to start their ambitions and, and what they need to do. So that means in phase one or what they need to begin with, or it's in step two, phase two, when they have put sort of some foundation in place to be able to do things. So they do that after a while. So Stellan, if um, if our listeners uh, want to get their leadership excited about business experimentation, where do you start? Yeah, so I think the one thing that you should do uh, is 
to make sure that you explain, um, like we said before, why it is a necessity uh, to experiment. Um, and that there are uh, a lot of benefits of doing it. Uh, so uh, for, uh, for one, you, um, the, the cost of failure is very small. And that is something that business leaders often want to hear. Uh, so if you talk about sunk costs and so on, and no, no one likes a, a large sunk cost. Um, and you can also move more quickly if you have a smaller project versus a larger project. Uh, less people involved um, often means a quicker time to market. So that's also something uh, I think business people like to hear. Um, and those are probably the like main, the, the top two that I can spontaneously mention. Yeah, and cost failure, can you define that? By nature, experimentation means that you're sometimes right and you're sometimes wrong. So the smaller the experiment is, if it's a wrong bet, uh, the less it costs. Um, and so, um, yeah, therefore it's a sort of huge advantage to run limited tests. Um, so, uh, for example, if you're experimenting with a, you're an e-commerce player and you're experimenting with a pricing strategy, for example, then doing that on, on uh, one market or doing that on a certain product segment or, uh, or a subset of products or anything is, is better than to change your whole pricing model and make a bet that this is better than the one we had before. Yeah. And I, I can mention that I, I spoke to um, a company a couple of days ago that asked for our view on how they should approach a very huge challenge for them, how they, how they should approach that, how they should solve that. And, and when we had been discussing a while, he said to me, but I have talked to so many people and, and if I generalize this a bit, they have all advising us to do a pre-study, a strategy, a steering documents, this and that. They, they all talk about periods of six to 12 months to build something to be able to solve the situation. So he said it's it's sort of two years suggestions, but I, I know this decision maker quite well. And he he talked with me and us for a second opinion. And I, I told him, I, I would suggest that you spend four hours together with other people that have knowledge about how it is to be your customer and decide what is true. And then you do this and then you do that. That's month number one. So he asked, why do you say this? And I said, because I know the culture in your company. Uh, I know, as in all companies, the, the amount of workload on everyone. I am certain that you will fail with a sort of big bang rollout approach to solve things. Um, running a massive project instead of doing these things in the beginning. And then he said, can it actually be that pragmatic and easy? And then I said, let's call it an ex experiment. Let's do this for one month. And I am certain that it will be a natural part of how you do business. It will be a complement to that. And if you fail, nobody, nobody knows. It's just a few people involved and you can start a couple of things. And he said, oh, that was a good name. Is that commonly used to do an experiment? Uh, I don't know. I said, but let's do this experiment. And I'm certain that we will 
move what you do closer to solving the challenge in one month than what you would do with a sort of sad to say traditional approach for two years that will increase the workload and uh, some massive investments but most likely no so you don't solve the challenge yeah and Stella, like what is it important that you have in place when you started an experiment like what how do you go back and evaluate whether it has failed or uh, where whether it's successful? Well, you have to have uh, um, a person that is clearly in charge of the experiment. Um, and there also have to be a very sort of defined set of expectations for the experiment. So what is the what is it that we're trying to solve and what is the predict predicted outcome of the experiment? Um, and then you measure your success against that. So uh, if it is to, you know, as I said before, run a, a pricing strategy experiment and the, the predicted outcome is that you increase your average order value, for example, uh, or you increase your, uh, your conversion rate, uh, then that's what you measure against. Uh, you should never run an experiment if you don't have a clear theory of why you're running it and what the predicted outcome is. Um, then it's just uh, shooting from the hip and that is not an experiment. And Anders? Yeah. In, a, in, a, in a small scale, you, you could say that, for example, doing an A-B testing is an experiment. Uh, it's very easy to do. And um, usually, if you do it right, gives you, again, on a, on a low level or small scale, much better conversion if you do it right. So, so even to have that within your, your sort of way of working, instead of mumbling about do we do waterfall or shall we be agile or all the other mumbo jumbo expressions um I, I think that's a good way of looking at for example something like a b testing that's an experiment in my world i don't know what you say Stella. yeah of course it is so but uh, you could say that a b testing is a strategy that you can use while you're experimenting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or a tactic, yeah. <laughs> semantics. A bit of semantics, yeah, but uh, <laughs> yes, for sure. A-B testing is a really important component. And, uh, and we can be open about, Stellan, that, that we actually love semantics. <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> and do you have examples of other components, if A-B testing is one? Um, well, another one is using uh, comparable periods. Uh, so if you're running an experiment for two weeks, then you can compare with the two weeks prior, um, for example. Um, if you compare with a longer period, the risk is that you're comparing with something where, you know, something external happened that would affect the results uh, in your test. So you want to limit sort of that time period. Um, you can also use it to calculate, uh, or sort of a classic way to do it is to calculate delta changes <clears throat> so you can calculate you know what was the change uh, from the previous period to the testing period and then you can compare it with the previous year so if there was a change in the previous year as well then you can see if your change now was bigger or smaller than the change last year so for example if you're running a test over the christmas period and you have to you happen to have like a general peak in demand uh, towards the end of the year um, then sort of your experiment sh could show a false positive. So if you then compare it to the year before and look at the deltas, then you can see that, uh, well, the uplift was actually smaller this year than last year. 
So that could then give you a better sense of whether it is a positive or a negative experiment. So that's a, give you an, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's just an alternative. When, when A-B testing isn't uh, a suitable way to do it, then you have to revert to that type of tactic. And I, I can say that what, what you as a listener are listening to now is an experiment. This is not a best practice. This, this is actually a while ago, Alexander telling someone, ah, oh, I, I hear so many nice conversations internally. Um, should we do that in a pod? So, so we started a pod. We don't claim that this is best practice. We do this through to Zoom. We know that perhaps you have a nice voice in the ears of people's AirPods, Alexander, based on that you use equipment now that is nice yeah. and in a while this will not be an experiment anymore then this will be a best practice so that when we advise customers to do things another angle of experiments connected to the pod is that we don't know no. what you will ask us so today we met one minute before we started recording and you said i'm thinking that we should talk about business experiments today and we said Okay, let's talk about business experiments. That, that's always uh, also a way in how we experiment because we, we, don't, uh, we don't want to be perceived as people who sit and read from the yeah. screen. We want to be perceived as who we are. Yeah, yeah and uh, I mean, uh, as we started Suma, we, we run a lot of experiments and I know that you both um, experiment yourself privately. I see Anders, for example, trying new things on LinkedIn, or I uh, see notification on the email that uh, we have a new integration in HubSpot and so on. And uh, before we end, just want to ask you both of you, we can start with you, Anders. So like, uh, do you have any major learnings you have, uh, find uh, recently? Could be whatever. Have to think a couple of seconds. If Stellan has something popping up immediately, give it to you. Um, I think I, I, what I've learned over the last week is that uh, sort of general, uh, more fundamental things in how to do things online um, is uh, sort of quite solid. It's not moving a lot. Um, the the perfect uh, the the purchase uh, journey that someone goes through, for example, you. You want transparency about uh, capabilities. You want uh, proof. Uh, you you want uh, um, to get guidance. Um, you want relevance. So the sort of devil is in the details in how you do that, um, and that varies between you know companies and industries uh, and so on. Um, but it's it's very clear when you're running experiments that if you go sort of outside of of uh, of that, then uh, you fail <laughs> in a way. Yeah. And, and I would say after thinking a bit, because why I used the technique to pass it over to Stellan was because I would, had to think through if I should tell what the main learning from experiments was connected to LinkedIn. But I'm not going to tell that. But I'm going to tell, tell one thing that Doug, Martin, and I had a meeting about, um, we, we were, were about to uh, find a printer for our book. Then in the meeting, when we looked through all the contacts, I at the same time published on LinkedIn and asked people for a printer of the book. 
and had a lot of uh, very, very good answers that uh, Doug is following up. Everything from um, uh, links and connections to people that knew people to, to uh, actually experiences of using a specific supplier. And um, I don't know if all of you in the meeting knows it, but because I don't think I have time to tell you, but we actually had an offering from someone who seemed to like Suma that five years ago heard a keynote that I had and he offered the whole printing for free as long as we could find a book binder because he said he was inspired by the keynote one year after he heard the keynote. So he, um, he offered us that. So we'll, we'll see how we solve that. But, but thank you, you know who you are, who offered it. Um, that, that's a nice thing. So that was an experiment that um, took some different directions and at least made the four of us now through the video smile. Great. All well, right. thank you very much for this episode. Thank, thank you, you, Alexander. And see you. See you. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for listening to the Online Vacation Pod. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and if you did, don't forget to subscribe, either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud. You can also use the RSS feed to listen through the podcast app of your choice. You can find it on zuma.se. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.